Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast. 2021, we've pivoted. I hope you're going now. We're deep into 2021. It's already been an amazing year. It's only going to keep getting better. Forget that 2020 type stuff. The vision is 2021 and all the Pivot and Go podcast. We bring on high performers, entrepreneurs, athletes, business minds to help you show how they pivoted in their life. We've all felt stuck. I have for sure. I feel stuck a lot. So have you, so have these people, and they're going to show you exactly how they pivoted out of these situations for greatness, and you can do the same. Take notes, bust out the pen and paper. We've got a treat for you this week. Good friend of mine, Eric Wood. Now, let me tell you about Eric real quick. He played football as a center for the University of Louisville, was drafted in the first round of the 2009 NFL draft to the Buffalo Bills, and he had a promising career, Pro Bowl appearance, but then he broke his neck. Yeah, broke his neck and had to retire, was forced to retire from something he was so great at. He thought this was his life calling, that he'd be in the NFL for many, many years, but broke his neck and he had to pivot out. And he has done exactly that, taking what he used to be a football player and used for broadcasting, for delivering a message, for speaking. And it's, it, it's, he is just rising up the charts. He's going to be one of those guys on Sunday where you turn on the TV, watch a football game, and there's Eric Wood because of the preparation that he puts in, the work that he puts in, and showing the everyday relentless consistency. And he's going to teach you the tricks of the trade that he used to pivot from thinking he was doing one thing for his whole career to something far greater. So everybody, get out those notepads. Like I said, buckle up. Here we go, Eric Wood. I'm dreaming vivid, so I'm living my goals. Written to existence, you know I'm doing the most. I'm steady winning, having breakfast for dinner, because I'm always giving the toast. I lived that 1% of lifestyle, didn't you know? Doing what I can just to get in the zone Incremental change and help you get in the flow But if you hit the wall, gotta pivot and go Switch your perspective and go for the goal That ain't the end of the road, just pivot and go Pivot and go Quick break in the podcast, because I need to go grab a snack A beef stick, grass-fed beef stick from Paleo Valley Yeah, I'm addicted Who is Paleo Valley? They are based on nutrient-dense foods, grass-fed, organic. They are literally changing the game of health and nutrition and keeping it super tasty. Beef sticks, amazing. They got turkey sticks, the super greens, bone broth protein. They got healthy bars of all different flavors, even essential C complex, turmeric complex, literally everything you need to optimize your life, your day, your energy, right there right there at Paleo Valley. Check them out. And for listeners of the Pivot and Go podcast, special to you, 15% off anything they have with Pivot 15. Pivot 15 is your code at checkout. It'll be in the show notes and everything like that. But Paleo Valley, appreciate all that you guys do. Pivot 15, check them out. Eric Wood, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. How are we doing out there in Louisville, Kentucky? I'm doing great, brother. It's an honor to be on the show. Big fan, big fan of yours, and uh, fired up for this. I really appreciate it, man. I was on your podcast, super fun podcast, so go check that out, anybody listening right now. But uh, yeah, we're going to dive into it, man, and we start everybody off with this question of start us with a bang. Hit us in the mouth from the start. Tell us something about Eric Wood that most people won't have any idea about. 
Man, that's a tough one, especially in the day and age of social media and having a podcast and all that because you kind of put it all out there. But, man, I aspire to be a scratch golfer, like a legit golfer. And I got back into golf when I got in the NFL, and I'm not even close. And, like, it <laughs> it hurts me to my core because I'm so competitive. So, uh, for all those out there, you can you can ride my tail on that till I get there. That's really funny. So, what would your what's your handicap then right now? Where are you at? I'm a six, and I was a five, so I'm Ooh. actually going in the wrong direction. That's pretty good. Six is still really good. I mean, I guess just getting older, you know, trending in the wrong direction. You'll, you'll, you'll bring that back. That can be life goals for 2021. That can be your pig, big pivot. You're going to become a scratch golfer. Me, on the other hand, I'm about a plus 18. I'm not even going to try to. Golf takes too long. I don't have the time for it. I respect that. <laughs> mini golf. All mini golf, man. All right, let's talk about on the Pivot and Go podcast, we bring on high performers, athletes, great achievers that have had to make a big pivot in their life. Talk to me about the biggest pivot you have had to make in your life and how you overcame it and how you've reached the trajectory that you have today. Yeah, so a little bit of background. I I played college ball at the University of Louisville. I had one scholarship offer, go to L and start 49 straight games at center for them, uh, which, which I couldn't even have imagined in my wildest dreams. Ended up being a first-round draft pick to the Buffalo Bills. Signed two contract extensions with them. So uh, I'm on ninth year, and I signed a contract extension before the season. My whole career with the Bills, um, I had made a Pro Bowl, been, been an alternate a few other times, and I had had some terrible injuries. I did the Joe Theismann leg break, and for even a basketball fan like yourself, I know what that is. Yep. But Joe Leg break in 09, 2010, I did a high ankle sprain on that same leg. 2011, I did an ACL, PCL, lateral meniscus on the other knee. Jeez. 2012, I do an MCL. And then I go on to start 52 straight games, which was the longest active streak for a center in the NFL. And then in 2016, I break my other leg on Monday Night Football out in Seattle, which is not a fun six-hour flight home through the middle of the night for, uh, back to Buffalo. But – I rehab from that. The Bills have enough faith in me. They give me a, a contract extension before my last season, which would end up being my last season, 2017. And so I'm the only player on the team to play 100% of the snaps. We break a 17-year playoff drought. We have new coaches, a new GM, so much positivity in Buffalo. And when we played our playoff game, I hate to say this, and for all the Bills fans that tune in, um, I was going into that game almost looking at it as a win-win. Either the Bills win and we advance to the second round of the playoffs, or I get to see the birth of my son. Now, I competed my tail off, like, no question. Like, I wanted to win more than anything in the world, but we end up losing down in Jacksonville, and we fly back to Buffalo. Everyone's got to get an exit physical, and you can get out of town. I get my exit physical, and they said, hey, you got some stingers this year. Let's get an MRI on your neck. We'll clear you for the pro, and you can go back to Louisville and see your son be born. I said, guys, my high school buddies got stingers. I never had stingers in my life. Why would this even be a big deal now? But I reluctantly go get the MRI because when when you're a, when you're a player, when you're when you're an NFL player, you do what you're told from the team doc. So I get that MRI, drive back to Louisville. Two days later, we're in the delivery room, and we had kind of got some word that you know there might be a surgery that's needed, or maybe there's some rehab on the neck that's needed, but nothing major. And 50 minutes before my son's born, I find out that I have a career-ending neck injury and I have disc and bones sitting into my spinal cord at C2, C3, which they're not sure why, 
I was still able to walk and function, but that's loss of respiratory function and paraplegia. And we can get to this at some point, but my little brother was born with severe cerebral palsy. I know what it looks like not to be able to walk, not to be able to talk, not to be able to breathe on your own. So like I've seen that and to get that news to be forwarded a picture of the x-ray, I mean, just absolutely floored me, which caused me to pivot at a time when I was not ready to pivot. One bit, I didn't want to, I wasn't excited about it. Like there was nothing, in my mind, there was nothing good at that moment about pivoting from my dream job. Like I, I walked in the facility each day with more joy, like more passion than I believe anyone on the team. And, and you could check that with the coaches, the front office and the players. Like why me at this moment? There's so many other guys, you know, in your selfish mind at the time, you're thinking, why me, God? Like, why would you take me from what I love when there's so many people that don't appreciate it? And so that that led me down a path of pivoting. That's amazing. First of all, for you to be able to be where you're at right now after going through that type of injury, just unreal. And it's it's a thing that we deal with at such a such a level we don't know really how to cope is is what you said, God's timing. And you weren't ready to pivot. You were this joyous NFL living your dream. I mean, coming off a Pro Bowl, and then it was all done, all taken away from you. So let's let's go to this pivot. It's all taken away from you now. You realize, hey, this is this is it. This is, I mean, I'm out of the NFL. My dream is done. How did you take the next step to get to where you are today? Because you're coming coming through to me like you're oozing this positivity, this energy. How did you get past that just, man, just in the trenches moment? Once I took a step back, I realized that God had been working for a while, kind of setting me up for this moment. Um, I became an accountability partner for a teammate of mine mm. who was working with a coach a year prior six months later, so six months before my career ended, I started working with an executive like life coach, similar to yourself, a performance optimization coach, analyzing all the stuff I'm doing on and off the field. And so that allowed me to transition a little wow. bit easier. We had just built the house of our dreams in Louisville and we were planning on, you know, six months in Buffalo, six months in Louisville and doing that deal. So now we're moving back into our dream house and we're there full time man, I get this healthy son. We already have the most gorgeous little girl. So now I have two healthy, beautiful children. And I know the struggles of having sick children in the house. Like we get the, we get, we're blessed with these two children. And once I kind of got out of my own head and realized mm-hmm. like, I don't know what it looks like, but I know that Romans eight twenty eight says God works for the good that uh, for those that are called according to his purpose. So like, Love it what the good is going to be and and I know I've seen a lot of good come from my career being taken from me but maybe one day when I get to heaven or you know down the road I'll probably figure out like look look I did all this for you not to you Mm. and so it's been a fun ride and um what helped initially was you know you you end the season you're in a ton of pain I was 310 pounds I wasn't naturally 310 pounds but I worked to keep that weight on well you know, you, you take six months without getting hit at all, without training like a madman, without eating and stuff in your face like crazy, and you lose a little weight. I mean, you start to feel pretty good, and then you're like, okay, well, what's out there next for me? So I just thought, like, man, I'm, I'm going to be the next big-time broadcaster. Like, all the – I had a bunch of national media guys reach out to me like, hey, if you ever need an in, you know, let me know. So I just think, here I come. Well – the phones weren't ringing off the hook. And, 
you know, I, I, I got two – my first year out of the league, I did two pregame shows for a network called Stadium, and then I got to call one game for Fox for college football. And luckily, that was enough film to kind of transition me into the broadcast. I started a podcast called What's Next with Eric Wood, and that was simply just to have conversations with awesome people like yourself that I can learn from and where that's gone and now – 70 episodes later with, mm. you know, the 60 minute conversations. Like I've learned so much from people and it's just been, it's been a fun ride these last two and a half years. And, and I'm just looking forward to what's ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> what's ahead. What's next right in step with the podcast that you have. And uh, I like how you touched on the way that you were able to get out of that stuck position is feeling the perspective of it. You took what was, a negative that happened to you and you looked at what it could be for others. You had two healthy kids. That wasn't, that wasn't your success. I mean, that was, Hey, this is something else. This is, this is not just about me. It's a much bigger picture. And when we can get out of our own heads in that sense of we're not worrying about ourselves, but how this can benefit others, that's where it leads to us being able to make these pivots out. So let's talk about, what's next let's talk about the the broadcasting and you have a great ability of connecting with people do you do you do anything on your daily and you're an optimization guy too you said like from 310 pounds to what you're at now like i'm watching your instagram you're going out running miles and looking like you're in great shape like what are your habits do you have any routines or mindset routines or anything that you're like okay i have to do this is my staple yeah that's a great question and one piece of advice I give to anybody transitioning, pivoting in anything, whether it's out of a job, whether it's a career, whether it's professional athletes, especially when you're so used to a schedule, you think in your mind, like, man, I can't wait till the day when I don't have a schedule. Like, that's going to be the day. <laughs> and man, I how quick that I work a whole lot better off of a schedule. And so, you know, there's, there are certain things like daily exercise, like that just gets my blood flow going. It puts me in the right mood. It's morning meditations, prayer, journaling, gratitude, journaling, whatever it may be. You know, I go through different cycles per se, but like having some kind of structure in my morning, getting a workout bit, trying to eat healthy throughout the day, but not beating myself up when I go and eat like a lineman again and go have some cocktails with my buddy, like not beat myself up. Like you're not perfect and you're not getting paid to be on the cover of muscle fitness. Like you're losing weight. So you could be a great dad and husband for a long time. And so, you know, it's like, it's putting all of that in perspective. But for me, like with, with broadcast season, like this is a busy season for me, mm. you know, college football, this will likely be my last week calling a college game and, that, that involves a lot of what used to be meetings at the site are now Zoom calls throughout the week, and all those cut into the schedule, and it's production calls, and it's preparing for the Bills games, and all that that entails it requires um, me to, to keep a much tighter schedule than, you know, as a player, you're so used to everyone giving you your schedule, and now you've got to create it. And so I've had to work through that of not wasting pockets of time so that I can still be, you know, we have a five and a almost three-year-old, so I can still be the dad and husband I want to be as well. That's beautiful. Yeah. All good. You know what? I, I love what you said about your schedule, about dominating your schedule, living on a schedule. Far too often, we're just going through the flow of the day and we find ourselves, we have no idea. We wake up 10 years later and you have no idea what happens. So if you make these daily habits and you are just conscious about dominating your schedule 
that's when you start to see these, this success of, of what you're trying to get into. And yeah, let's talk about too. I want to, I want to pick your brain on just, just the, the, the struggles of what you're going through now of wanting to get to the top, because you're at a really good spot. You're a great broadcaster. And I know as a competitor, you want to keep driving higher and higher. What, what are you doing or what, what struggles are you facing on? Like, how can you get out of this? Just how, how do you, how do you keep yourself free in the positive person that you are daily? Right. I'll, I'll say this first and foremost, the hardest thing about the broadcast business, the podcast world in this world is there's no clear cut path to the top or to whatever you want to get to. And there will always, there's always the next level. So it's, you know, there's that balance of finding contentment, but also not being content. And I know that's oxymoron, but like, you don't want to be content in life, but you want to be content. You want to live with joy where you're at in life. And so for me as a competitor, it's like, okay, I'm on the sideline majority. I, I called a couple of games in the booth for ACC network, but I do sidelines for ESPN and ACC network. Like how do I climb? So I'm always in the booth. Well, as a center in the NFL, I knew, I needed to be big enough, strong enough, fast enough. I knew what practices looked like. Like I'm entering, you know, two years of this world and it's just so gray at times and the feedback's not there. And so I'm constantly begging ESPN executives and I just wear them out and I I have to apologize, but I'm like, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like I want to hear five things that I did wrong in the last broadcast because as a player, you got graded every single play. Every single rep of practice we watched on film and they would tell you what you did wrong. And then I in this world where it's just kind of like you move on to the next show and you're on to the next show. It's prepare for this next, whatever the two teams are, learn their names, learn their, you know, coaches and what their schemes are. And so I was so used to feedback. And so now I'm almost begging for feedback and it's like, Going back, it's always tough. You know, you're in this podcast world now, too, and you do a lot of speaking. It's always hard to go back and listen to yourself. (laughs) And so now I'm being forced to go back and listen to myself on these broadcasts. Like, what would I do better? And then another funny thing about the broadcast world is I have to appeal to those above me at ESPN to rise in the ranks. Like, I may love how Tony Romo calls a game. I may love how Kirk Orchestry calls a game, and obviously they're – higher up the totem pole than me, but I don't know that everyone at ESPN that is in control of my career loves them. So like you tell me what you want to see me improve on. And that's honestly been the hardest part for me is just not getting clear cut feedback and everybody can do it so different. And you know, what's funny, David, when I got when I, my last uh, game that I was doing color on, so my big game in the booth, I'm all fired up for it. My two pieces of feedback were one, we get it. You prepared, like quit saying we talked to this coach. I know this stat, like you, we want your feedback. That's why we hired you. And then two was let your personality show through the broadcast. I'm like, all right. So I have more freedom. I was like, well, I didn't want to just like go out there and, you know, talk and have fun with it because I got to impress you guys. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's, that flies with you all. Yeah. Isn't that the hardest when we're trying to impress someone while while trying to be yourself and create your own just be you type of image, but you also have to impress other people. That's such a tough struggle to find your own true, genuine identity. 
how do you find yours? What would you say, like, I mean, how do you find your identity? Like, who is Eric Wood of broadcasting? Like, we know the Tony Romo. What are the things you stand for in your broadcasting? Yeah, so for me, I always want you to leave a game feeling like we were sitting at a high top at a bar, but you just had this buddy who was really smart about football, and he gave you a bunch of stuff that, like, the next game you're going to go hang out with your buddies again, and he just gave you a bunch of tidbits, like, hey, watch when the defense does this or watch this safety. Oh, that means they're going to do this now. I love the chess match of football, and that's something as I got older in my career, it's like this big chess match. And so I love being, you know, with NFL games. You tell me a coordinator, and I can look what head coach tree he came from and then give me the defensive coordinator, and I can kind of tell you what the game's going to look like. And to me, that's a ton of fun. And so I like that aspect of it. And, you know, I love how I like when Tony Romo calls plays. It's funny, though, one of the ESPN execs I talked to said, look, I want to watch a game and not have it spoiled for me. And so I'm like, that's a good point. Like, I would have just assumed he's the highest paid dude in broadcasting with a color gig, like analyzing. Like, I would have just assumed everybody should do what Tony does, but that doesn't appeal to everyone. So for me, um, you know, finding my identity in here is a little bit of trial and error. It's getting feedback from people who know the business a lot better than mm-hmm. me. And, and a lot of times it's, it's the play-by-play guy you work with. It's, it's me after the game saying, look, you're not going to offend me. Like, where did I step on your toes? Where could I have done better to make your job easier? And I've gotten some great feedback through there. But, but ultimately, like in life, like in podcasting, like in broadcasting, like if you're up there trying to be someone you're not, eventually mm-hmm. you're going to be caught. You're going to be caught. So be yourself. Let your personality shine through. And for me, that's a, that's a little bit of humor. It's trying to take football 401 and make it football 101, Ooh. which is something – like in the basketball world, you could talk over everybody's head, but when you say pivot, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I can, I can get that, you know, but you could talk about different sets on offense and different, you know, defensive tactics, whatever it may be, and just be way over everybody's head. Yeah, yeah, man, that's so good. I like that. Football 401 to 101, the power of simplicity and making people feel so comfortable in a conversation like you're, hey, you're at a bar just talking football. That's, that's, I love that. And I love, I I just keep, got to keep coming back to the feedback and the preparation. So much power in preparing. A lot of people will watch you or commentators and be like, oh man, he's just really naturally good. No, I'm sure you put hours on hours on hours into studying this. And what, what a lot of people like to do, and we all find ourselves guilty of this, is we love the positive feedback. But what if we got the honest, real feedback? It doesn't always have to be negative. But the people around me in my lives that I really respect are the people that just tell it to me straight. Tell me where I need to improve in. Don't just say, hey, great job. It's a yes, man. And that's how you really grow. And I can tell that you are the same exact way in that. EMF, 5G, yeah, we've all heard about it and we all know how bad it is. But our sponsor today, Soma Vedic, changes the game. This is the device that goes in your house that can reliably mitigate the unwanted influences of EMF and 5G radiation. It is 99.9% satisfaction by owners. And I am one of those owners and I am very satisfied. I have it actually near my TV. It's this light that lights up and I felt it on the first day, the effects of it. And it could take away headaches, 
nervousness, sleeping problems, digestion problems, tiredness, weak immunity, just this from erasing, eliminating the EMF in the 5G that is just all throughout our day constantly. Soma Vedic is absolutely changing the game. Thank you for sponsoring the Pivot and Go podcast. Now go get your EMF and 5G erased. And then one other thing is similar to being a player, like you could always have one play picked out and it defines your whole career. And I would tell guys like this is a preseason game and you may only get 10 reps, but you could become a YouTube sensation in those 10 plays. Like this Twitter world is going to crush you if you get ran over. So you have to show up tonight. And that's the same with me. Like I've done games where I know the only people watching that like really care about what I'm doing are like family and friends, you know, small time games. But one ESPN exec to pull that one time that I slipped up that I really had no energy and be like, dude, this guy does not give a crap about being here. He showed it. And so for me, sometimes that looks like a venti cold brew before the game. Sometimes it looks like, uh, you know, me playing Jedi mind tricks with myself like, hey, so-and-so's watching. How would you act if literally, you know, big – big dog at ESPN sitting right next to you. And I'll have to play those games with myself because there's times where I'm watching a blowout game and I don't necessarily want to be there, Mm. you know, honestly, but I got to show up because I want to do better. And that's the same way in football. I mean, we played in meaningless games all the time in Buffalo at the end of the season where we're completely eliminated from the playoffs. And so is the other team. And so you're just playing a game basically so that they can take the TV money and the ticket money at the door. But you got to go out there, and you you certainly don't want to get hurt. You got to keep your job, and if you keep losing games, we're all probably getting canned. And so it's like that probably groomed me for sometimes being on the sideline, which I want to be in the booth, and I'm on the sideline for this kind of you know crap football game, but still showing up. It's awesome. It's relentless consistency to the max. I love that. And. I literally just talked to a young NBA player about that. Like, go, you're going to go three games with you're going to have maybe four shots. Like, how are you going to make those shots the best you can possibly make them instead of look at like, oh, I only got four shots. So I love, I love that you touched on that, man. Relentless consistency. I could talk to you for, for days, Eric. You've got great mindset. You've got great drive, passion. Like, you are going to be at the top. And whatever at the top looks like to you, it might be different. Different. It doesn't have to be the biggest TV sensation if you're a Bill Cower or something. Sure, it'd be great to make make that Bill Cower money, which I actually am very good friends with his his daughter. His daughter is uh, the wife to one of my close friends who plays professional basketball. And I know how much he makes to just pretty much show okay. up on Sundays, do a little preparation on Saturdays. But you'll get to that point is what I'm saying. Okay, let's dive in to the rapid fire hot seat. Whatever comes your way, whatever comes to your mind, spit it out. All right? First one I got for you, are there any mindset quotes that you live by? Maybe you have it on your fridge or on your bathroom mirror, a quote that you really just just attach to. I'd say there's a couple. Uh, One is Proverbs 11.25, and this is kind of our family's deal. A generous person will prosper, and he who refreshes others will be refreshed. Like, my little girl, I tell her every day that she's got a superpower, and that's to spread joy. Like, Mm. people like when they see her. And so, as a family, we want to be known for being generous and for refreshing others. And honestly, as my career ended, a buddy of mine 
uh, gave me that verse and he said, you just need to be more outwardly focused. Like you're so bummed about your career, but this ain't about you. Like go make an impact elsewhere because God's, you know, got you on this platform and you're sitting here wellowing and you're giving other people an excuse. So refresh others. And then on my thank you cards that I have um, on the bottom below my name, it's a Jackie Robinson quote. And it's, it's basically a life is not worth lived except for in the effect or the impact it has on others. And so it's, it's just kind of reiterating that like your life needs to be more outwardly focused and make an impact on others. And, and I want, you know, generally when I'm sending those thank you cards out, it's, it's people that have made an impact on me and I want them to know how much I appreciate it. Gosh, I love that, man. And I love that you're, you are a man of true, genuine faith. And one of, when we're talking about all these injuries that you've gone through, these difficult times, everything taken away from you, like that is the way, like I'll tell people like that is the only way you can truly take yourself out of the results based and understand that you're not doing it for yourself. So I love that, that you talk about Jesus being an important, I mean, the most important role in your life. Because if you want to find true ultimate joy, I'll tell you right now, there's one word. It's, it's Jesus. Like that's what's, I mean, that's literally the, the reason that I can, you can just have this full on freedom that it doesn't really matter what other people say or what this world says success might be. And for me, like in, in 2012, you know, I've been hurt four straight years in the NFL and I grew up Catholic. I would have considered myself a Christian, but like I wasn't all in. And for me, literally almost everything changed when I met with a buddy from church and I met with him for lunch. Like I asked him to lunch and I said, Hey, can we meet? And I said, I got one question. You have so much stuff going on in your life. Like I see how, you know, you're not living this perfect life. You know, there's a bunch of stuff happening to you. It was what I was basically saying to him. And he's and at the time he was like, man, for me, you know, I have this faith in God. I realize he has a plan for me. And like, I know that there's good coming, even when there's adverse circumstances. So I'm not going to sit here and wellow. And so I started, kind of, and that kind of like got me in my head. And then I started kind of looking around like, man, and this isn't, you know, I don't mean to, there's people out there that have great marriages and are great dads that aren't Christians. But for me, the people that I was meeting, the people that God was surrounding me with, they were all Christians. And I'm like, the common denominator is here that they, these guys all have a relationship with Christ. They're not perfect people. And they'll be the first ones to tell you they're not perfect. But for me, it kind of clicked then like, what's the common denominator here? Like, I think I'm being ignorant if I just think that this is all kind of a coincidence. Beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Our stories are very similar. I love that. Okay, what does leaving a legacy look like to you? Not necessarily what the world says it is, a big billboard with your name on it. What is leaving a legacy to you? Man, you know, having two kids at this point, you know, like I want them to be proud of their dad. Like I want to have an extremely healthy relationship with my kids. I want to pour into them and like kind of let my legacy live through them. And, and me and my wife talk about pretty often, like, we have great support, loving families, but, like, what's our family tree look like from us on? Like, mm. how do we leave a legacy? And that's where it starts. People have left a great legacy above us, but, like, we didn't control that. Like, what, how are we going to control it? So, for me, it's impacting my kids um, and, and being a, as much as I can, and I fail so much, but a rock star dad and husband. And then, you know, it's it's – 
leading men through a men's group. It's impacting people you come across. It's being generous and in keeping, you know, keep doing things um, that will positively impact people. And then eventually you'll have a funeral and there will be tons and tons of people there. And that's your legacy, not necessarily the billboard. Who knows? Maybe what's next with Eric Wood takes off and it's the next pivot and go. But if it does <laughs> fine, the people we are impacting, like I get text messages like at times I'm like, man, I really wish this podcast would grow. And then I'll get a text from someone who I know. And they're like, holy smokes, like that hit me. Like those words hit me. And you're like, all right, that, that's who that, that podcast was supposed to impact. That's awesome, man. It is just like the coaching trees that you were talking about. We build our roots through our kids, through our influence on our kids, their kids, and so on. And you live in that daily is an absolute testament to it, man. So I'm going to bring back this question that I really like, and I think it'll be really interesting with you. So the question is, if you could have three people that you're going to sit down with, pick their brain, have a conversation, have a dinner with, who are those three people that are alive, and what meal are you cooking? So now knowing that you are you were at 310 pounds one time, and you were an offensive lineman who had to literally shovel food down your face, what food are you cooking what three people are you sharing that feast with? I'm going to buy myself a little bit more time on the people, and I'll tell you <laughs> what I'm going to I'm going to fire up some steaks, some Brussels sprouts, Ooh, do yes. some salad. Um, my favorite food is sushi, but I don't have confidence in myself to do the sushi. Um, and then the people, um, you know, I'll say Jesus, like, man, I want to see him. You know, I want to talk to him. Uh, I got some questions. Uh, and, um, someone's got to bring some humor. Um, I'll go Chris Farley, huge Tommy boy, black sheep, all that. Uh, he's got, there was a auto or a biography, I guess, done on him afterwards. That was phenomenal. All the SNL guys. And then third one, um, man, just cause I know she'll listen and actually, Scratch that. Not just because I know she's listening, but <laughs> I'll say my wife because I'd want her to share in the moment because I'd probably tell her all about it and I'd ramble on for days and finally she won't tune me out. Man, I love that. You know what? I was asked this question not too long ago on a different podcast. I was like, I love the question. And I, I, I picked my wife because that is the person I love being around the most. And I love seeing other people like yourself just having this just authentic, illuminating relationship with their significant other. So that's it's a beautiful group, man. It's an awesome group. So we're going to eat sushi with some steaks, maybe be on the Sea of Galilee with Jesus and Chris Farley dropping jokes. I love it. I'm in. One last one for you here on the hot seat before we let you off. When was the moment that you realized, man, I'm in the NFL? My first moment was we're playing in the Hall of Fame game. So my, my last game in high school was at – the Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton. That's where you play the state championship in Ohio. My first ever preseason game in the NFL was at that same stadium. So that was a really cool moment. But I had only practiced three times prior because that was back when all first-rounders virtually had to hold out. Like, they wouldn't even start negotiating with you till the guys above you all signed. So I'm sitting there, up there, but I can't even go to practice and I can't go to meetings because the other people hadn't signed. Well, I practiced three days, and I just think, like, man, I'm first rounder, this and that. The Titans have Albert Hainsworth, who's, like, the biggest, baddest dude in the league. 
but he ain't playing because that's your extra preseason game. So I'm like, cool, I'm playing these backup dudes. First play of the game, I get smoked, like in pass protection, just get completely smoked. A few plays later, we throw an interception, and I'm chasing this interception like an idiot. Uh, I say an idiot now because people interceptions <laughs> that hard in preseason games because you can get hurt. I get crushed. My helmet comes off. My shoe had already fallen off on the play. So the guy gets tackled, and I'm looking around. I can't find my shoe or my helmet, and I'm like, I got so much family and friends there, and I was like, well, buddy, you got some work to do here. <laughs> but honestly, it was good for me, and, and uh, I needed that moment. But, like, but I always say, people are always like, hey, what's the biggest difference from, like, college to the NFL? And I'm like, in college, we were broke, and in the NFL, we ate Outback just because, like, it was close to the stadium. Like, when I grew up, like, that's where we went for, like, big family birthdays yeah. and stuff. And, like, it was just, like, a Tuesday, and we were going to Outback. I'm like, man, this is a different world. It's crazy, right, man? I love both those stories. I know. When I was coaching in the NBA, when we got to our first hotel, it's the Ritz-Carlton, five-star. I can't even turn on the TV. It's too high-tech. Like, that's what I was like, yeah, this stuff's a different world. But, man. You're a long way from yeah, a long way from Iowa, that's for sure. No, I hear you, man. So, hey, you're an absolute just pleasure to have on this podcast. You're a, just a, a light that's going to keep driving so many more people to be able to pivot their lives, pivot their lives and follow their passions, but actually take action steps towards following their passions to make it happen. So tell us all how we can follow you, how we can just watch everything you're doing, listen to everything you're doing, support anything you're doing, hit us with it, brother. Yeah, so I have a podcast. It's called What's Next with Eric Wood. We have guys like David Nurse help you find out what's next for you. And, you know, there's there's been everyone from business leaders to life optimization coaches to former teammates of mine that I have a ton of respect for. You'll learn a ton from these guys. These guys will help you take your next step not far off of uh, pivoting in life. And then on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Ewood70. Generally, I'll put what games I'm about to do broadcast-wise. So if you tune in there, you can check me out on TV. And then my website is ericwoodmedia.com, and that kind of combines my foundation, my broadcasting, my podcast, and all that. It's awesome, man. you got an amazing foundation. You're a great follow on Instagram. Um, yeah, I would just – just pour into Eric. Watch his stuff. It's awesome. Very motivational. Inspiration. Your podcast is great, too. You've had some big-time guests. Like, I'm super blessed to be able to bend on there. So, everybody go listen to that episode as well. Okay. Hey, one more What's that? One more, endorse, one more endorse, endorsement yeah. for you. Oh, so, thanks. Jen, like, at the start of the quarantine, I started asking people, like, hey, what's a favorite foundation of yours? And I'll, you know, listeners, everyone go flood that foundation. And it didn't go as well as I planned. I kind of tuned out on that. David Nurse comes on my podcast and then donates to my foundation. Like, that's backwards. But that's the type of dude David Nurse. And that's why it's an absolute pleasure for him on this podcast. And anything he ever needs is done by me. Man, I appreciate that big time. I appreciate those kind words. And it sounds like my dog appreciates it, too. And as a last question on this Pivot and Go podcast, now we ask everybody, if you're going to give advice, one piece of advice, it can be one word, a couple words, drop the mic type of, type of statements to somebody who is stuck in a situation. It can be a kid. It can be anybody going through some type of stuck situation. What are you telling them to get them pivoting out of there? Man, I think, I think at this time especially, everybody's stuck in something. 
and just get outwardly focused. Mm. You know, the holiday stuff, it's, it's tough on so many people. And people got kids at home. People have lost loved ones, lost jobs. Get outwardly focused and watch the joy that comes back to you. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's definitely a drop the mic. Eric Wood, man, I appreciate you more than I can express as a friend, as a brother coming on this podcast, dropping this type of knowledge. And, you know, I'm always here to support you, anything you're doing. So thank you so much, brother. Likewise. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to the 1% podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. If you could, I will shout you out, personally thank you, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it, one star of course if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA, and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement to someone. You can and you will make a difference. 